With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You hear that, Taylor? Millions with an M. Wow. So if you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is pretty easy to play. Uh, You just pick six fighters, you stay under the salary cap, pile up points or advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for for grabs throughout the week, which is, uh, yeah, don't forget about hockey. You're listening to a hockey podcast. Mm. So DraftKings is uh, safe, secure, and reliable. You deposit and withdraw funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. To another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, our long-standing nightmare is over with a 15-34-7 record for 37 points, 56 games. The 2021 Buffalo season, Sabres season is over. Wow. Four last plays finishes in eight years. And they won as many games as the Bills did in 19 games. Sabres play 56. That's you tough. It. You don't love to see that. Um, you know, we were just actually recording another podcast, which uh, we will tell you about in the future when mm-hmm. it's released. It's a secret for now. But uh, in that podcast, someone asked us what went wrong, what went wrong with the Sabres season. And obviously, it's not just – it can't just be one thing that takes you from where we thought the Sabres were to for a while looking like one of the worst teams ever. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's quite a few things before the season. I picked them to finish sixth. I thought they'd be about a point of game team a little bit more than that, but it was just a tough division. You and our steam guest, uh, Anthony from expected Buffalo picked them to finish fifth. A lot of people thought they could, you know, if things went well, they could sneak into that fourth spot. Sure. And here's what I think went wrong. You've already heard this, but the listeners haven't. Mm, give it the easiest way, and let me know if you think there's anything else to add here. Uh, the main things are this. Eichel was playing hurt and then not playing at all. He didn't play one healthy game the entire year, and I think that showed. Linus Allmark is an okay goalie who, again, got hurt. This time twice, did not play very much. He was actually, I believe he finished above 500, which is crazy. Amazingly. Yeah, uh, but... He, uh, when he wasn't around, they were playing Carter Hutton, who's awful, Jonas Johansson, who's awful, uh, Dustin Tokarski, who's awful, 
And my guy, Michael Hauser, who's good. Great, actually, even. PL was like, okay, I guess. So goaltending. That's a long-winded way of saying goaltending was a problem. Another problem. First, what, third of the year, they couldn't buy a goal? Their uh, their actual goal scoring was far below their uh, expected goal scoring because Taylor Hall and Jeff Skinner both shot like 1% for months. That's bad luck in you know, in a 56 game season, any extended stretch like that, you're probably not going to turn it back, you know, and have enough good luck to, to make it even out. And let's see, what was another problem? Is that it? Is that all the problems? Well, coaching, <laughs> coaching. That was the other one. Yeah. Ralph Kruger obviously did not do a good job <laughs> to put it lightly. And then I would also throw out the con- continued employment of Rasmus Ristolainen as a number one defenseman. It hurts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have anything to add? Do you have any any other main things that went wrong? No, you pretty much covered it. This has been another episode of Straight Up Sabers, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. No, <laughs> you, you covered everything extremely well there. I mean, that absolutely is what it, it comes down to. Eichel being hurt, the lack of scoring, Taylor Hall not panning out as intended, I think is a huge, huge wrinkle within all of this because he was brought in here to be a premier scorer for this team who was supposed to step up and be one of the leaders on this team. And he just proved that he was anything but that. So with that being said, though, as much as, you know, there was that went wrong, there was also a lot that we can at least realistically, I should say a lot, like kind of, you know, a decent amount of stuff that we could at least hang on to as something to give us some hope for the future. Um, So to jump into that a little bit, I would say, For one, I think the emergence of Sam Reinhardt at center was, again, I've been using the word revelation because it's the truth. It's something that Sabres fans and and analysts alike have been calling on for a while to try and see if he could do it. There was these questions of, oh, can he produce with Eichel? And I think most reasonable people knew that he could, but he undeniably proved that again this season and proved that he can be a quality center and face off against top competition in this league and excel. So you are looking going into next season at having a one, two, three punch of Eichel, Reinhardt and cousins down the middle, assuming you don't screw it up and send them back to the wing. So that is a lot to look forward to there because then you're just filling in a, like a handful of wing spots and hopefully you're able to maybe make a couple of trades to where you're able to acquire guys rather than having to look into free agency. Um, on top of that, I think that, Ralph Kruger's firing was, you can't really overstate how huge that is, especially for the development of a lot of younger guys. And I think also Kruger getting the ax helped activate a lot of guys, namely like Casey Middlestat and Rasmus Asplund, who really able, were able then to step up and excel. Um, Middlestat was somebody that all season, I think from the start, we had realized that he had looked a lot better. He looked a lot stronger. He looked like he was significantly improved with his skating both in terms of like his acceleration and his stamina as well so it was huge that you kind of saw the 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 light coming through the cracks there a bit and then by the end of the season when Granado took over he really really excelled and I think that now you're looking at you know him being a guy that yeah sure he was playing really well centering that line with Asplund and Thompson but knowing that he seemingly now can produce consistently at least at the NHL level not saying that he's going to live up to the you know 
the value of being an eighth overall pick, but if you could put him on Reinhardt's left wing, for example, or right wing and be able to use him there and he's able to contribute maybe 40 points for you, which is what he was on pace for this season. I mean, that's great then. And I'll take that considering what he was and what we thought he was going to, to be even at the start of this season before the season even began, because he was a lost cause for most people. So, yeah, I, I think that's huge. I think that there's some other young guys too, that you can look forward to. I think Will Borgen and, can end up being a really nice piece on the blue line. That's going to be a nice cost effective option for you that maybe you give him a try with an extended look with Rasmus Dahlin next year, or you're able to have him solidly as a defensive defenseman on your third pair. Um, I don't know. And then, yeah, you're going to get a healthy, a healthy Jack Eichel next year. He's going to, he, like you said before, he has not been healthy at all this season. And so you're giving him this extended amount of time to recover from those injuries that he had suffered and was dealing with already before his like, you know, injury that put him out for the season plagued him. So a fully healthy Jack, I think with this team and with a coach that's not Ralph Kruger is, has the makings for the, the potential for a good turnaround. For sure. So I actually looked up the goalie uh, records from this year and Oh boy, is this interesting? So, Allmark was above 500. He was nine, six, and three. Wow. And Hauser was obviously two and two there in those last four games. So those guys combined to go 11, eight, and three. The rest of the guys went four, 26, and four. Good God. Four, 26, and four. The Buffalo yep. Sabres. Uh, yeah. So Tokowski, or well, let's start with Hauser. When I said he had won two games, or he had won one game when we first talked and he won another one or he might've won. No, no, no. He won yeah, two and then we talked both. and then they lost two. He obviously was not good at all on Thursday night. That was no. tough, but in his four games, winning two uh, puts him tied for second with Dustin Tokarski, who also won two UPL won one Hutton won one and Johansson won zero. So those records are Tokarski was two, eight and two UPL was one and three. Jonas Johansson was 0-5-1, and, and Carter Hutton, who started the year as the actual backup, who started last year as a starter, who's on a three-year contract, went 1-10-1 with an 886 save percentage. What, what more is there to say? <laughs> it's atrocious. We'll not miss him at all as he walks in free agency. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's stunning. I do. I do wonder, like we talk about Kruger being an idiot. Maybe let's say Kruger gets fired still like that still goes the same. But what would the season have looked like with no with Eichel actually being healthy and let's say Allmark playing 35 to 40 games? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. It could have made a huge difference. You could have had at least somewhat competent goaltending for like a backup option. It could have made a huge difference for this team. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a shame. Darn shame. Darn shame, man. But I will say this, though, for Dustin Tokarski, he actually him and UPL finished with higher save percentage than Michael Hauser because Hauser uh, allowed eight goals in one game. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah, that's tough when that's one of your four games. Yep. still finished. He he played four games and allowed eight goals in one of them. And he finished with a higher save percentage than Hutton and Johansson. Oh. By a lot, too. That <laughs> makes me so points. sad. So, so sad. Man, Johansson, I want to look this now. So, Johansson, I can't believe we got a fifth-round pick for this guy. Wow. He is 4-1-1 one one in Colorado. 
it's kind of nice when you have like a super team playing in front of you. Yeah, man. What a tough year for goaltending. I'm not used to this because I actually should. Mm-hmm. That brings me to something else I wanted to talk about. Ryan Miller actually played his last game. You know, speaking of goaltending. Or went out for the, the homie. Yeah. Did you see the video of him with his parents? Oh, I did. I did. It was a tearjerker. It was beautiful. A beautiful man. Beautiful moment. I wish he would have won, but it was great. Him and yeah. Felicio hugging at the end was really nice, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. He, so he's gone. Pretty much every connection to the Sabres being good or relevant is out. And now it seems like Rich Jennerette might be done, too, based on the, the tenor and tone of Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's, it's almost like it's getting to a point where there's very little left to, uh, hope in the world. Hold on. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's what I'm getting at there. Maybe there's no hope. It feels like that sometimes. Yeah. Well, anyway, if, if it is RJ's last game, I think once we get an official announcement, we might have to do an entire RJ episode. Oh, that's goes without saying for sure. Yeah. Hopefully that's make they some, some kind of announcement sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, Miller, that's tough. We did a whole Miller episode already, but he was a can't say enough. A good, real one. He was yeah. a real one. He really was. And I'm just saying, I think it was might have been Brayton from WGR, but he or somebody from WGR posted an article today making the case for Ryan Miller in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I'm just saying, Taylor, the bandwagon you can hop on now. Whenever you'd like, we'll <laughs> okay. Yeah. Flatten the engine, run. We're waiting for you to hop on. He's gonna do it, and but first, he's gonna get his number retired by the Sabers. Deservedly so. Hopefully. So, uh, yeah, I actually was thinking about this. What's the most ridiculous Brian Miller take on this podcast? Was it that he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, or was it that he should be the third goalie for the 2022 Olympics? <laughs> wow. That's a good one. I forgot about that. That was that was one of your better ones. I like that. I stand by it. There's no reason he couldn't play in the Olympics. You don't have to I play agree. in the NHL to play in the Olympics. So I agree. Uh, he shouldn't play. I didn't say he should play even. He should uh, just be in the room. Yeah. Um, I think yours might be a little bit more unrealistic <laughs> than mine. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Um, um, I don't know. It could have something to do with the fact that it, he's going to be two years removed from being in the NHL and playing at a high level. And mine was, if no, the, if the like nine months, the Olympics are in nine months. Oh yeah, it is that soon. Wow. You're right. That's next year already. Well, either way, uh, I mean, I'm, I am in agreement that he should be, but in terms of practicality, I think that mine maybe makes a little bit more sense. Look, uh, here's what I'm saying. Is he really, is, is, is Gibson better than him right now? Is he? Yes. But I think there's some questions being raised across America right now. (laughs) Could Ryan Miller be there instead of like, who would even the third be? Maybe Ben Bishop? If he's healthy. Yeah, well, that's another thing. So Hellebuck would be the starter regardless. Mm-hmm. But Gibson, two straight years of very bad save percentages. Or what if it's the re- the reverse of that, though, and they want to put Spencer Knight there as the third goalie to give him experience? That's what they probably will do, I guess. Could maybe, be. Maybe Spencer Knight's the second goalie. Maybe John Gibson's decline is real. Stop it. What? He might be. I don't know. I think they got to get him out of Anaheim to see if that's true or not. 
Well, I think that we Drysdale just talked about Drysdale and Zegras are a good foundation, but you need they're they're not going to be ready to dominate as soon as they probably need to to maximize his prime or the tail end of it at least. All right, fair enough. So I'm looking at the uh, some of the point totals from this year, and this is going to be a very disappointing year to look back on. Here's some guys that I don't think were a disappointment. Reinhardt, 25 goals in 54 games. That's fantastic. Uh, Olafson ended up with 32 points, which is, uh, eh, I don't have anything to say about him. Good for Dallin his value. Third, yeah, Dallin ended up third on the team in scoring. <laughs> And Middlestat was fourth. I think people would be surprised by that. But Middlestat ended up with 22 points in 41 games. That is such a better rate than he was scoring at before then. Ristolainen continued his trend of not being a, a big point producer anymore. Like he he was a a legit half a point a game guy, which is pretty good for a defenseman. Oh yeah. For a while. And 18 points in 49 games this year. Eichel at 18 and 21, he had the best points per game on the team, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Tage had 14 points, career high for Tage. Good for him. Jeff Skinner only had 14 points. Disappointing. Games. The only three games he missed were was when he was benched by Kruger. Yeah, only seven goals, but there's no bust to that. He's not good. Uh, Stick him with Eichel next year. Yeah, and then Cousins, four goals and 13 points in his rookie year, but I think he his underlings are good, and the way he looked has a lot of people impressed. Mm-hmm. And all right, want some bad ones now? Uh, sure. Eric Stahl, 10 points in 32 games. Love that. Cody Eakin, 7 points in 46 games. Ooh, yeah, even better. Ooh, one more good one. Andres Bjork after the trade at 6 points in 15 games. That's pretty pretty solid for what you, know, you think you're getting for a guy like that. Right. Matt Irwin had 2 points in 24 games. He had fewer points than Jake McCabe this year. Jake McCabe only played 13 games. Wow. Toby Reeder. Seven points, 44 games. Colin Miller, one of the higher scoring defensemen, had 12 points in 48 games. I don't know. I, I don't know if you want me to do any. <laughs> these are not good. You've already depressed me enough. Yeah. I feel like, I, I mean, pretty much everybody you just said should not be on the team next year. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fat that needs to be trimmed from this roster. Would you agree? It seems that way, doesn't it? it? It certainly does. You would think after 10 straight years of no playoffs and finishing last for the fourth time within that span, probably time to maybe switch some things up a little bit. Perhaps get some guys out of here who have been here for the entire time that you've been in abomination. Hmm. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody in particular. <laughs> um, but, you know, good news is on the horizon. Zemgus Gergensons will be back ready for next season. Oh, good. At two more years with uh, over $2 million cap hit. Can't wait when we've learned that. Sure, he's valuable, but not for that much money. That's right. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a yikes for me, dog. Well, tomorrow, Well, by the time everybody's listening to this, it'll be locker room clean-out day. What are you hoping to hear? Are you, this is Jack Eichel's first interview that he's going to be giving since March, since he got injured, so... Lots to come there, and I know really Thursday's episode is going to be strictly about locker room cleanout day and the the fallout from that with whatever happens. Because I feel like every year there's usually some good sound bites. But anything in particular that you're looking to hear from Eichel or from any of the other players for that matter? No, <laughs> I'm just cool. kidding. Cool. No, no, no. I'm really just hoping to avoid a 2018 O'Reilly situation 
you know, someone talks about how sad they are now and then they have to get traded because Terry Pagula wants there to be good vibes, but he's not a good vibes curator. So uh, the bad vibes king. Yeah. So I just want to avoid anyone saying anything too bad. Hopefully it's uneventful. Mm-hmm. That that'd be my goal. And you know, get some cleaning done, fellas. It's it's spring. It's time time to get get cleaning, get get out to the cottage. Oh, love that. You guys are off for a few months, you know? Mm-hmm. Take that time, rest, relax. Some R and R. You know what I want? I want an announcement that there's a Sam Reinhardt extension. That's what we want. That would be beautiful. Day. Every day until it happens. Six more right. years. Six more years, please. That's right. Senator Sam. That's get him back. You're damn right. You're damn right. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to hear what Eichel has to say. I'm curious about where he feels like he's at in his rehab process and just how he feels. He because he has he gotten the surgery yet? Did you say rehab? <laughs> no. Easy now. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to bring up any sore subjects, but uh, in his improving from his injuries, I should say, uh, you know how it feels to be missing one of your ribs. It's a lot of questions (laughs) that need to be answered here, folks. Was it worth it? (laughs) That's the main question. The resounding yes. Yeah. (laughs) Good God. Good God. All right, Taylor. Well, what else are you, what else are you thinking about the Sabres again, as we are just saying goodbye to the season? Do you even have any other thoughts for that matter? No, I don't really, um, I don't really know what I want them to do in the off season. I mean, obviously draft a forward and extend Sam trade Risto. Get a goalie. But aside from that. Yeah. That's the main thing too, isn't it? They really got to get a goalie trade Olofsson. Sure. sure. That value, get some five on five value trade Olofsson to a team who's going to overvalue what he can bring you on the power play. Get somebody good back on five on five profit. You see Rob Rossi from the, athletic Pittsburgh say that Sidney Crosby should win the heart. I didn't, but I, I don't want to either. No, no, you had to hear it. I am sad that I did. That's absolute nonsense. Yeah. Guy scores a hundred points in a 56 game season. You're going to try and make any case that he's the only, like that anybody but him should get the award. Come on. Here's the fun thing. Is this the most slam dunk heart trophy winner of our life? I'm going to look up the list real quick to make sure we're not missing anything. I think there's usually at least some reasonable discussion. No, like for example, last year, I mean, Kucherov was pretty slam dunk. Let me, let me look, look at the list here. Kucherov definitely was just all the way around. I think that was a, that was an easy one. Cause he led the league in points and was on the best team. Right. Let's see here. I got the list. So well, just saying like last year is a, uh, a definite non slam dunk. I don't know what you call that, but um, yeah, I, I think they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot, of, a lot of votes for Hellebuck. A lot of people were supporting Panarin. I was a Panarin supporter. Man, he should have got more. Who did you think should have got it last year? Well, either him or Hellebuck. Yeah, yeah. I actually think McKinnon should have finished ahead of Drysdale. That's probably fair. All right, so Kucherov. I think you're right there. I don't remember there any, being anyone else. That That's definitely one. Like 2018 Taylor Hall, that was a close one, obviously. Yeah. Year, year. McDavid in 2017, I think Crosby also had a great year that year. And, you know, he is Sidney Crosby. He's been around a while. He was on a better team. Right. But I think McDavid won fairly easily. Actually, there are some slam dunks in here. Pat Kane in 2016 was yeah. a slam dunk. Carey Price in 2015, that's a weird one. But 
Yeah. Sidney Crosby in 2014, that was an easy one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Corey Perry, that was an interesting one. Very interesting one. Won it over Daniel Sedin. Henrik winning over Crosby, that was a that was a, probably a close one, I imagine. Ovechkin yeah. when he scored 65 goals. So there are some slam dunk ones here. But this is the one where I, I don't even know. So obviously Rob Rossi thinks it's Crosby, but who who should finish second? <sighs> McKinnon? Matthews? It's hard. I don't know. I feel like, didn't you say recently that like, even though you weigh Matthews more harshly because he scored 40 goals than McDavid for scoring a hundred, like if who cares if it's irrational, like I'm kind of in that boat with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. It obviously is impressive. And Matthews is one of the premier players in the league, but I think that doing McDavid, what he did is, is far more impressive than Matthews. Like it's not even the same stratosphere. Um, I mean, probably, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could probably make the the push for Crosby. Um, McKinnon, yeah, you could, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, I think it's just funny that it's, it's just such a slam dunk that I'll be honest, I haven't put a ton of thought into it because it's like, it's obviously McDavid. Yeah, I wonder who finished second, though. It'll be, it'll be interesting. What do you think? I mean, I, I think any of the guys who we've mentioned are, are possibilities. I think McKinnon probably will finish second, if I had to guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, anyway, though, you're right. I don't think it's that irrational because here's, it is obviously very impressive. But Matthews doesn't have to play against the Leafs, really the only good team in the North Division. Yep. And that usually wouldn't matter, except that they're only playing six teams. So that does matter when you play six teams. So he's basically, if you if you look at the schedules that McDavid and Matthews have, say they're completely the same, except that. McDavid plays the Leafs instead of the Oilers and Matthews plays the Oilers instead of the Leafs. Yeah. Which is obviously an advantage for Matthews. Uh, I obviously, we all know where I stand on this North division. Everyone's being really dumb about it. I think the obvious thing, and this is all we're getting at. We're not saying that Matthews and McDavid are terrible and these seasons are not good. It's that it's just a little bit, little bit different, a little bit easier up there because the teams aren't good. And there's no, like I said before, there's no real way to statistically prove that because there's no comparison point. Like there's no, like I said, in college uh, basketball, if you only played conference games, like a lot of teams that this year or, you know, more or less, it'd be impossible to say, oh, is the SEC actually better than the Big West? If that's a real, a real conference or, you know, the Big Big West. Big, oh, there used to be one called the Great West, which had a bunch of teams that weren't in the West in it. But like, is the SEC better? I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to say. And then just look at all the stats from in their conference, being like, no, see. I mean, it. I can't even get over how dumb it is by purportedly smart people trying to make that argument. Like, yeah, well, they actually, only allow this many goals per game in the North Division. It's like the division sucks. That's the whole point of what we're saying. Right. Anyway, right. whatever. So I will say this though. Matt McDavid's is better because his team really isn't good. And I think that's being uh, covered up by how good he's been is that I really still think this is the same old Oilers, except for how good he's been. Like some, someone bad had to make the playoffs in the North because it's seven teams and four make the playoffs. And <laughs> none of the teams are that good. None of the teams are in the conference finals last year. The one team that made the second round was Vancouver. And it's because they had really good goaltending and they don't even have that goalie anymore. Anyway, I'll say this, though. I saw recently that this year, when McDavid's on the ice, the Oilers score 59% of goals on the ice. 
Wow. And when he's off the ice, it's 42. So when he's on the ice, they're basically the 08 Red Wings. When he's off the <laughs> ice, they're pretty much like the 2015 Sabres. Oh, my God. Yeah, amazing to think that we were so close to having that. So, so close. Oh, well. Ah. <laughs> Good up next yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any more thoughts, though. Yeah, so. I feel that. I think we'll have plenty more to say on Thursday after we get to hear from everybody at the end of the year and get everyone's thoughts on the wrapping up of this season. Yeah, well, actually, I'll say this. I feel like this has been completely under-discussed, the fact that a bunch of seasons are ending right now in the NHL, but there's a whole week left, so Vancouver can fulfill their broadcast obligations. They're just going to make teams wait a whole week before the playoffs just so Vancouver fulfills its television contract Ridiculous. radio contract that is insane i'm obviously most teams aren't done yet but like i'm looking at this right now in the in the east division almost everyone's done boston has like well yeah boston has like two games left there's a couple teams that have like one game left vancouver has seven games left that's crazy so pittsburgh's done is pittsburgh just gonna have to wait a week because vancouver had a COVID outbreak later in the season than everyone else sure seems to be that way Man, that's insane. And no one's yeah. talking about it. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it absolutely They were supposed is. to start this week. The playoffs were supposed to start this coming week. Ah, whatever. It's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. No, no getting around that. What's your reservation for the or your reservation? Recommendation for the week, Taylor. Buddy, I got reservations. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not Anthony Bourdain. Everybody what are you recommending? It is, yes. Okay. I'm recommending uh uh a fabulous what a movie I just watched that you might have heard of. It's called Escape from New York, John Carpenter movie. I recommended Assault on Precinct 13 recently, the original one, which is also a John Carpenter movie. And I love that John Carpenter, one of those guys that uses a lot of people, a lot of actors multiple times in different movies. So it's very cool to imagine those characters as they're, they're the, the characters from Halloween, just existing in another universe. But yeah, Escape from New York, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. What year did that come out? Mm, I want to say early 80s, like 80 or 81. Huh. Kurt Russell, he's in it. Very good. Who doesn't love a good Kurt Russell flick? Yeah. Donald Pleasance is the, uh, is the president. Who is? Donald Pleasance. Wow. The late Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Great movie. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to go with an album this week with a classic, as, as a matter of fact, actually. Outcast Stank Anya. Nice. So many great jams from that album. So Fresh, So Clean, Miss Jackson, my potentially favorite Outcast song, Spaghetti Junction, I Call Before I Come. There are so many. Oh, Humble Mumble, too. That's another great song from that album. So many classics on there. Love Outcast. So that was my my contribution, my recommendation. If you have not listened to it, check it out. Who's your random Sabres player, Taylor? Hmm, we already did Ryan Miller. I'm going to say Lindy Ruff. Wow. Okay, nice. I'm going to go with Yuri Novotny. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The man, the myth, the legend. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As we had said before, we will be back with a brand new episode on Thursday covering all things locker room clean out. Very excited to talk about that and all of the hopefully interesting quotes that come from that. 
But in the meantime, make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on their respective websites and on their social media and streaming platforms. Tons of great content covering both the NHL and the Buffalo Bills on each of those respective platforms. So check them out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Straight Sabres and on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres. And also make sure you're following us on your respective streaming platform. Once again, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Tuesday. And also before we sign off, on behalf of both of us, now that the season is a officially wrapped up huge thank you to everybody who's listened to us so far this season uh we've taken a big jump since last year with being blue and gold make dalween um our listenership has really grown our social media presence has really grown and that's all thanks to everybody who's been so supportive of us throughout these past couple years but especially this past year so if you've been listening consistently throughout the season thank you so much we're excited to bring you more content through the off season we're going to keep going with uh, two episodes a week for the time being now but that will probably then get scaled back but we'll still have content throughout the off season especially as we're approaching the draft and free agency but again on behalf of both of us thank you all very very much for for tuning in Taylor, anything to add? We love you. Uh, you're, you're, if you're still listening at this point in this episode, you're just as much of a, a sicko pervert mm. as us. Mm. So we appreciate that. Appreciate everyone listening. It's been, a, it's been a year. Certainly been a year. It certainly has. Well, everybody, with that being said, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres. We'll talk to you on Thursday.